This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 8, Episode 1. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network of shows, brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. Today is Wednesday, January 4th, 2023, as of the recording of this episode. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and I'm joined today also by my producer and co-host, Matthew Marister. Just impressed that you said 2023 instead of 2022. You Just reading the one. script, my man. Just reading <laughs> the script, which you wrote out. So it's actually more impressive that you correctly wrote out today's date. Well, it's a team effort. <laughs> Today is a Justified Saves episode, uh, which uh, was one of the things I think uh, it's a highlight for us. You know, we look forward to each month, I think, sharing some of the more recent uh, DGU stories, as, as we call them here, Justified Saves. Uh, stories where law-abiding citizens use justified deadly force in defense of life. Uh, and so we got a bunch of great stories to share with you today. Lessons to be learned. I hope that you will enjoy this episode. Listen, learn, and share this with those you care about because there's probably stuff in this episode for those that you care about as well. Uh, in fact, there's there's lessons, I think, in today's episode that, that I know we're going to touch on that... Uh, apply even to people that don't carry a gun for personal defense. So stay tuned for that. Today's episode sponsored brought to you by CCW Safe. We are proud partners with CCW Safe and appreciate their sponsorship of the podcast. Now they've done for a couple of years now, I think. And uh, here's the thing, guys, don't delay. It's a new year. Uh, you you cannot pick and choose the time of your fight. Uh, you cannot pick and t- choose the time that uh, someone tries to make you a victim. So don't delay. Sign up today for CCW Safe for the best in the industry, in my opinion, self-defense insurance type coverage program. Check them out. Go to ccwsafe.com. And if you're a podcast listener, you can save 10% just by using the discount code CCPODCAST. And our Guardian Nation members save even more. In fact, they save 20% just by being members of Guardian Nation. Again, ccwsafe.com, that's where you can sign up. You can sign up for the Ultimate Plan, which is what I have, or you could sign up for uh, one of their more affordably priced plans. They, they do reduce some of the coverage, but the most important part, which is your legal defense, which is unlimited no matter which plan you choose, is... You can get the Defender Plan or the Protector Plan. The Defender Plan is for CCW-minded uh, folks, self-defense-minded folks like yourselves. Uh, you're not paying for the you know all the bells and whistles that you get with the Ultimate Plan, but you're still going to get great coverage at an affordable price. And law enforcement or military personnel can save also by signing up for the Protector Plan. But I highly recommend the Ultimate Plan. If you if you want to swing it, man, do it. And save 10% or 20% by being Guardian Nation member. The 10% savings again can be locked in by using the code CC Podcast. Also, today's episode sponsored brought to you by our Concealed Carry Gun Tools app. This is our free mobile app available on iPhone or iOS and Android devices. In fact, I've got mine pulled up here on my phone. In fact, I was referencing it today while we were doing show prep for today's show. 
Uh, we, we're covering stories today from Michigan, Texas, Arizona, Florida. Uh, there's another Arizona one. So a bunch of stories here from across the country. And I don't always stay. You know, I can't always remember all the different nuances and laws and rules and things. Uh, so pulled up my app because I was referencing something with regards to uh, restaurants that serve alcohol or bars. And that was something specific to Arizona. So we'll, we'll share that here in a little bit and talk about that story. But guys, check out the Concealed Carry Gun Tools app. You can search it in your mobile device app store. Uh, just search Concealed Carry even, and you'll probably find it in the top three options that usually come up in the results from what we've seen. It's completely 100% free, does not have any ads, and is loaded with information. Not only the gun law or gun carrying summary or legal summaries that you can find here. Like I just went in here to laws under the uh, maps, you go to the maps tab at the bottom and then select laws at the top and pulled up Arizona. So I could look up restaurants serving alcohol in Arizona. Only permittees may carry if the establishment doesn't post a restriction. If an restriction is posted, they do have the force of law. Hmm, good to know. Good to know. Anyway, and that comes into play in one of our stories today. Or you can pull up the reciprocity map, and you can even build a custom map for you by putting in multiple, like if you got a Colorado permit like I do and a Utah non-resident permit like I do, put those both in, bam, there's your customized reciprocity map right there. You want to look up gun-friendly businesses or anti-gun businesses so you can avoid the ones you don't want to give business to. Load up our maps tool and you'll find gun-free zones as well as gun-supporting businesses, including gun stores and gun ranges and things of that nature. And, of course, you can access our daily uh, news feed right from our blog on concealedcarry.com as well as shop our store. All kinds of savings to be had right there and accessible right from within the app. Anyway, I could go on and on just want to remind you folks that that is something that we have and have provided for free as a free resource to the community for a number of years now and hope that you'll get enjoyment out of using that app. All right, let's get into today's first story. Matthew, why don't you give us the details on this uh, unfortunate and terrible incident out of the Dallas, uh, uh, I don't know exactly if it was Dallas or Fort Worth, but it's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It's according to the NBCDFW.com website. The headline is, A worker checking frozen pipes shot by apartment resident who thought he was a burglar. Yeah, this is, uh, this is tragic. So this happened uh, on Christmas Eve. So, uh, you know, across the country, really cold weather uh, hit many parts, even in, in Texas. And there, in this apartment building, it uh, looked like maybe the water heaters or some sort of water um, pipes were on the outside of these apartment complexes on the on a balcony area that would be adjacent to the to the apartment complex or uh, uh, individual apartment and so um many of these these pipes were breaking and freezing uh and so this maintenance worker for the apartment complex uh heads over to the apartment complex to try to do some work to try to fix the the busted pipes and maybe protect the ones that, that, you know, were freezing and stuff. So he's there around 6 PM. Remember this is on uh, December 24th. So Christmas Eve. So this, this man, uh, he's a 53 year old man, Cesar Montalongo. Um, he is apparently on the balcony of a first floor. 
I guess it's not a balcony. It's it's more of a just an enclosed porch area. Uh, not you know has a has a um, no windows or anything, but like kind of a half wall. And so he's on this this porch area, and um, there's somebody inside who apparently he he goes to fix to check these pipes in this outdoor uh, area uh, on this uh, balcony area. And the uh, person inside, the, the the resident inside the apartment, believes that this man apparently is break, trying to break into the apartment and fires multiple rounds from inside the apartment, outside. This man, you know, according to what we know um, in this report, he wasn't trying to gain entry into the apartment. Uh, there's no there's no record of that or, or any claim that he was trying to you know, force entry or anything. But the resident believes he's uh, trying to break in and fires multiple rounds, striking this uh, this man, Caesar. Uh, and he's he, he is rushed to the hospital and dies. Um, so. Clearly a tragic, tragic uh, incident. We've had uh, many stories on the DGUs uh, where somebody's fired from inside the home, outside, uh, through doors and things like that. And, you know, in general, we've we've said why that's uh, not always the best practice. Um, this is clearly, you know, one of those those incidents uh, that is that's tragic provided, you know, like I said, we don't know the whole story. Um, this is, this is just the report. We don't, you know, I'm not saying the guy didn't try to break in, but we have no evidence and, and, or we have no indication as far as what was reported. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you kind of fill in your, your, uh, take on this one, Riley. Yeah. So the first thing, well, first things first, let's get one thing out of the way. Uh, having grown up in, somewhat cold climates uh, most of my life. Uh, actually, gr- I should say grew up in a pretty cold climate, a lot, lot more cold than, or a lot colder than what we have here in the uh, Denver, Colorado area. Uh, but uh, hey, uh, when things get really cold, unusually cold, even when you live in a cold climate and you're used to it more, uh, when things get unusually cold, what do you do? Leave one of the faucets the furthest from the the inlet into your house, the, the whatever wherever your f- water is fed into the house, take one of those, the furthest away faucet from there and just let it just dribble and right? just just crank it on just just a touch, right? Keep those pipes from pipes from freezing. All right, you folks down in Texas and Louisiana and even in Florida, you know there's some cold uh, some cold fronts coming your way or have come your way already again. Even since this story uh, uh, took place on Christmas Eve. Just a, just a little information. I know you didn't expect to f- hear that here on the Concealed Carry podcast, but it, like it's a thing. Like we we had a really cold snap here in Colorado a couple weeks back. Uh, actually, I think it was the same one that uh, uh, that then pushed down into Texas when this incident happened on Christmas Eve. Like the day before that is when we had our real cold spell. And uh, yeah, I, I had my my faucet running. You know, just 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 dribble. You know, make sure we didn't have any issues. I did have a friend in Colorado Springs that had their pipes freeze, so that's a problem. Anyway, uh, the other thing, okay, so this is Texas, and let's be clear about that. Uh, it's difficult for us to stay up to speed on all de- deadly force uh, usage laws in, you know, throughout the country because they can vary somewhat. Texas is one of the more mm, liberal ones in terms of what you can and cannot do in terms of deadly force usage. Uh, so actually, this, this is something I needed to refresh my mind on and, and uh, decided to look up a little bit. 
uh, because there's some things that are really important in this case to understand. Now, you basically just made the case, Matthew, about like, this is terrible. You know, it's a maintenance worker. It was an innocent party. He clearly wasn't trying to break into the dude's house. Like, this shouldn't not have happened. And I've got more to say about that. But let's be clear about what whether a law was broken here or not. Mm-hmm. Now, we can't decide that. Uh, we're not a judge and jury or anything like that. But w- what we can do is infer based on what we know about this incident is that uh, and, and it was a little unclear in the stories that I was reading, Matthew, if the maintenance worker actually was on the balcony or not. And that likely will be a critical piece of information. Uh, that, that'll be a relevant piece of information to come out from this uh, as to whether uh, this was a you know, an acceptable use of self-defense. Okay. Now I I recognize that some people are hearing this and going, well, but still this was an innocent party. It was a maintenance worker. Like he shouldn't have been shot. Uh, But realize that just because it's like Andrew Brinka says, things can be lawful, but still awful. Right. Uh, And, and, and so what's, what really matters is, and this obviously gets into some nuance, but, you know, you don't necessarily have to make perfect decisions or perfect choices with regards to self-defense incidents, uh, but they need to be reasonable ones. And reasonableness implies there's some kind of perspective involved here, one that would need to be communicated to a potential jury. What we have here is a, is a resident of an apartment that believed that they were dealing with a potential intruder. Okay. Now here's where the law gets, imp- you know, this is where it gets really important to understand in Texas, as far as what you can and cannot do. Um, I had it pulled up here, but then my screen refreshed. Uh, so with respects to, it says that you may use justified or an actor may be justified in using force against another person. Okay. When you, they had reason to believe that the person against whom the deadly force was used was unlawfully and with force entered or was attempting to enter unlawfully and with force the actors occupied habitation vehicle or place of business or employment so um, attempting to enter unlawfully or with force um, that could be an argument that is made in this case that this person believed that this person that the maintenance worker who may or may not have been on the balcony again that's a little bit unclear uh, have may they, they may have believed they were trying to gain entry into their house, okay, or into their apartment, okay. Here's the other thing that's important. Uh, looking under another subsection of this portion of Texas state law, uh, talks about how a person may use deadly force against another person to protect land, okay, or property in certain instances, including in the commission of arson, burglary, robbery, aggravated robbery, theft during the nighttime, or criminal mischief during the nighttime. And so again, some of those statutes could come into play in this case. And another portion of the law, which I may struggle to dig out, uh, because again, there's a bunch here on the screen, but I know it referenced specifically that that their castle doctrine extends to... uh, uh, curtilage of the home, including, and it specifically mentioned balconies. So that's where that, whether this maintenance worker was on the balcony or not, may be an important part in a potential defense of the individual that did the shooting in this case. Okay. So nothing has been reported that we've seen yet that this individual is being charged. Um, But I know the family of the man that was killed 
um, are calling for justice. The problem is, is there may not be justice to be served in this case, uh, as the individual that fired the shots may have been within their rights to do so. So I explain all that just to make sure it's clear that sometimes things may be lawful, but yet still awful in that crappy situations do occur. And that doesn't take away the sting of the incident in any way or the fact that an innocent life here was taken away. But when we're dealing with security of our persons and security of our homes and the persons within those homes, or in the case in Texas where you are allowed in certain circumstances to use deadly force to protect property, it it gets kind of tricky, okay? And so something you know that that family may want to pursue if they want to pursue justice, if it comes out that there is nothing, no charges to be pressed here, uh, or if a case is pursued and it's determined that this individual is uh, was was justified in in you know their in their perceived self defense, uh, what may be more beneficial for this family to pursue should they choose to do so is to maybe get the law changed if they feel like uh, there's there's a problem with how this is articulated in the law, and that's certainly something they could look into doing. Now, I know some people probably fully support the way the Texas law is written. It is somewhat unusual. There's not really any other states that I'm familiar with that grant such uh, liberal application of deadly force usage, uh, you know, it, with respect to the defense of property or home or, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Alex got a comment here on Facebook that their justice may come only from a civil court. That certainly could come into play as well. So um, now here's the thing. Here's here's what here's my actual analysis, Matthew, with respect to because we have this under our what not to do category of stories. Because while I just made the case that this person may have been justified in their use of deadly force, I'm not saying that was what was the smartest or the right thing to do. And just because the law says one thing or another does not mean that that's what's right or not. And my personal opinion on this is that shots were fired with a failure to identify who they were being fired at. And that's something that we have preached about consistently on this program since the beginning of time, is that you need to know what it is that you're using deadly force against. And that implies, well, identifying that threat. So you hear a noise outside your balcony window. Well, what is that? Now, do you have to go investigate it? No, if you don't feel comfortable doing so. And realize, too, that investigating such things might open you up to um, personal security risk or potential liability issues if you you know make the wrong calls on certain things. Uh, what is a far safer play from like a defensive standpoint is to take up a position of cover inside your home, make a call if you need to, because certainly a 911 call in this instance would have been certainly welcome. Hey, officer, well, actually dispatch, you know, like, hey, I there's somebody snooping around outside our apartment building. Uh, I've seen him, you know, go and look on multiple people's balconies like he's looking to steal something. You know, like, make the call and have law enforcement check it out while you are in a position of safety, in a position of cover, a position of advantage. And then if this actually is in fact, because again, now realize this is where it's, where Texas is different than a lot of other states. For instance, in Colorado, under our Make My Day law, 
which is our law that deals with the protection of, or essentially our castle doctrine or equivalent of it, I cannot use, I cannot, the make my day law does not extend outside of the walls of the dwelling. And so for me to shoot outside the dwelling at a perpeted intruder, that would be unlawful in Colorado. But to do that in Texas, the way it's written in the law may be permissible in these circumstances, right? But so the point is, you got to understand the law, and we just talked about a couple different laws that, and a couple di- and two examples of how different it can be from state to state. Matthew could speak on on Ohio, I'm sure, to, to an extent, um, since that's where you're you're from and you you are familiar with the laws there. I know you are. Uh, but again, what regardless of what the law permits, what is a safer, more sure plan is taking up a safe position inside the dwelling. And then if that is in fact an intruder, they're going to come in. And once they come in, guess who has, who should have the advantage? I do, because I've taken up a position of, of cover and a position of advantage and they come into the house. Well, now I know Without a, I mean, and I should still identify that threat because I don't want to make the mistake that other people's that other people have made as far as you know family members coming in at weird times of the of the night and that kind of thing. But still, like you see how that sets me up for making a better decision potentially instead of trying to use force against a shadowy shape or figure outside my home, waiting until it becomes. I'm not saying we wait till we are disadvantaged, but uh, just some things to ponder about and think about uh, based, you know, because of what's brought, you know, to our attention from this particular case out of Texas, a terrible, terrible case. And my final word of advice would be uh, if you happen to work in this industry, if you're a contractor, a maintenance worker, a utility worker, that sort of thing, some things to think about, about steps that you could take or if you know someone that it, it works in those trades, things that steps that you could take to help ensure you're not going to be mistaken for somebody, you know, that shouldn't be on your property, or that somebody that may think that they're, you're trying to get into their home. I mean, I'm thinking of uh, how my meter got replaced last year, Matthew, the back of my home. Well, fortunately, obviously, you know, the utility company sent a letter, sent a notice. I think multiple notices. Hey, someone's going to come and replace a meter. Well, just an FYI, you know. Um, but if you're a utility worker, probably not a bad idea to still like knock on the door, say hello, like, hey, just so you know, I'm here, you know, that we don't yeah. have. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to I'm not trying to blame the maintenance worker in this Texas case at all. But like this is a lookout for numero uno concept. This is basic com like common sense stuff. If 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 you are in this kind of job, then you should also because you can't assume other people are going to make the right call. So you got to watch out for numero uno. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I wish I knew more like, uh, you know, it, it, it was six o'clock PM, so it might not have been super dark. So there still should have been some light, natural light, probably to be able to identify this guy potentially. Um, we don't know. I mean, with all the, with all the ring doorbells and stuff, there might be recorded video of this guy pounding on the door saying, Hey, I'm a worker i'm a maintenance worker or you know maybe not so we we don't know and those those types of things would go a long way into if you know uh somebody knocking on the door saying i'm a maintenance worker goes around 
you know, working on some pipes and then you blast them through from inside and say, well, it's, you know, it's a castle doctrine. You might have a harder, harder, you know, sell saying, I believe that this guy was trying to break into my home when there's no force entry, maybe the, you know, apartment sent a letter. So I think, I think that we need more information to make a legal call, obviously. And that's what we're, we're trying to say. We're, we're just trying to say like from a tactical standpoint or a, you know, practical standpoint, what are some things that you can do as the homeowner in these, or, or a renter who, who may have people coming uh, to do maintenance around your, your apartment and things like that. And as, as somebody who, who might go, I mean, we've had cops, right? Cops get shot, mm-hmm. um, going to people's houses. They go to the wrong house. They go into the backyard or something like that and end up getting shot. And a lot of times those, those homeowners are, are not charged because, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's an awful situation, but, kind of like this. So, uh, yeah. terrible. It's just one of those things to, we can't take those rounds back. So it might be legal. This guy may never be charged or growl, whoever, you know, we don't know, but, um, uh, we, we yeah. want to make the best choices as we, that we can. So, so just, you know, yeah, solid points. Uh, I, I think it probably was pretty dark, uh, sunset time. It Google's an amazing thing. Uh, <laughs> it's really simple to put sunset time, Dallas, Texas, December 24, 2022, 527 PM. Mm. Um, at the very least, uh, light would have been, you know, it would have been mm. a low light situation. It may not have been totally dark, but it was, it was low yeah. light for sure. But, uh, yeah, terrible incident. So lots of good things to, to think about, okay, lots of lessons to consider here from an instance like this. And this, this one does not, um, unfortunately, does, and, and that's why. So again, we we talk about it, this, this. I don't view this story so much as a as a legal, you know. I mean, we talk about the law of legal implications, but I view it more as a wh- what would have been the better thing to do, the better course of action. What would what, what ought I have done? or ought to have done um, had I been in that situation. That's, I think, where there's a big value for us as concealed carriers and home defenders and self-defenders to uh, to consider. Yeah, so. and, and, I, and, I, and I would bet you that the guy who, who, who did the shooting, um, whether or not he's charged or she's charged, is going to ask themselves that question yeah. for the rest of their life. Because yeah. this man, you know, from all what we know, he wasn't there to, to harm anyone or do anything. Right. So that is a, a very, that's something that, you know, you can't overlook them that, you know, that is a heavy, heavy burden to yeah. uh, carry and to live with. Like you, yeah, that, that has a, a lifelong cost. Absolutely. Uh, especially knowing that you just took the life of, of someone uh, that was by many accounts, uh, a decent man and with a family of five children and a uh, hard worker. And he lost his life on Christmas Eve, just a, a terrible you know the t- the timing of it is terrible too. Yeah, it would have been bad no matter what. But uh, anyway, so let's go now to a story out of Elderon, Wisconsin, or Elderon, Elderon, Elderon. It's a good. It's a good name. Uh, Wisconsin here, according to waow.com. This happened. Uh, well, it was actually reported on January third, which is just yesterday. 22-year-old man is dead after it is believed he followed a 79-year-old man home from a local establishment in an armed robbery and home invasion attempt early Tuesday morning. So again, just yesterday morning. 
Uh, deputies from the Marathon County Sheriff's Office were dispatched at approximately 2.37 a.m. to a res- residence in the town of Elderon for a report of a man who was assaulted and stabbed in the face as he exited his vehicle in his garage. Uh, it says the elderly man was in possession of a firearm and fired one round that struck the 22-year-old suspect prior to the firearm being wrestled away from him. The suspect suffered a gunshot wound to the chest and died while fleeing the scene. In fact, it said in another story that he was actually found dead in his car. This is the suspect with the gunshot wound to his chest uh, sometime later. In fact, the uh, 79-year-old uh, uh, home resident here, uh, he initially was reported he didn't know whether the shot that had been fired uh, had actually struck the man or not. Uh, um, and, and it was only when that they found him dead, the suspect dead in his car, that they, you know, realize what occurred here um so there you go it uh, seems to be a p- pretty clear case i mean investigation still going on it was obviously just a day ago uh but seems like a pretty clear-cut case of self-defense a uh, man followed another man home stabbed him in the face as he got out of his car and that you know the other man shot him so uh pretty uh pretty real stuff there's still some some good lessons to learn from this one and i'd say the first thing matthew that i picked up on was this was you know, some kind of targeted crime as far as, yeah. you know, it may have been in random as far as the individuals that didn't know each other, but uh, this is a good reminder to pay good, close attention when you are out and about and then coming home, uh, as we've covered a number of stories through the years of people that get attacked as they're leaving their homes or attacked when they come home and sometimes are followed home from other places. Uh, that This is a good reminder of that. Think about your personal security in that regard. Yeah, I mean, it, elderly people um, are especially vulnerable, right? Um, I, I, I'm, I would bet that that his age uh, factored into this attack. Um, probably not a lot of people out at two thirty in the morning, but um, I'm sure that 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 factored in as part of the calculus. But um, you know, if you're out shopping, you, you have a lot of high value items. Somebody sees you at the mall, they see you shopping. Um, you know, you have a kid with you, you're distracted. Um, you know, people are very, I think that we, uh, try to, we, we think of criminals, this thinking the same way that we would, and they don't. And, and they're, you know, criminals are very opportunistic. They're willing to wait. They're willing to, to pick out somebody who, who they have a high probability of winning, um, and getting away with it. And, uh, and we just got to be careful. I, I, I think uh, this was interesting to me. Uh, you know, he follows him home, uh, stabs him in the face, and this man shoots him in in the chest, loses the gun. And I, I you know, I, when I when he said that, or when the article said that he took the gun and fled, I I would imagine this guy's already shown the propensity that you know he stabbed the guy in the face, so he's not you know averse to to causing this this man harm. Um, and I, I'm thinking maybe there was a stoppage in, in, with the gun or, you know, something like that, because I, I would imagine that the guy might have, you know, used it against him. Uh, you know, thankfully he didn't, but it's one of those things where, you know, you, you, it would have, it would have been terrible. It, we could have been easily two men dead, right? Uh, the guy shoots him as he's dying. He wrestles the gun away, shoots, shoots the you know, the old man and they're, and they both die. So keeping your gun away from the bad guy is also a part of, you know, surviving the, 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 the fight. 100%. Uh, I 
picked up on that as well. You know, the, what are the lessons here as far as uh, weapon retention? Super, super important things to consider mm-hmm. here. Um, it's not very often that a, a 22-year-old going up against a 79-year-old is, is a fair fight. Uh, uh, yeah, obviously, the gun here is a great equalizer in that regard. Um, but, uh, yeah, think good things to consider here. So, absolutely. Next story from foxnews.com. Michigan man shot by motorist during botched carjacking, according to police. Uh, give us the rundown on this one, Matthew. Yeah, so uh, this Damien Lemaire Curry, 27, was shot by a driver uh, of a Dodge Charger Hellcat who uh, he was trying to carjack. So um, basically what happens is uh, this guy uh, tries to carjack uh, this man. They're, they were targeting these this type of car, this these Dodge Hellcats, uh, high-value vehicle, you know, uh, sports-type vehicle. And um, so he, he tries to carjack him. The victim uh, starts shooting, uh, has, a, has a firearm on him. Uh, shoots at the carjacker and they get into this like little gun battle. Um, and the bad guy f- flees the scene in another stolen vehicle, um, goes to the hospital, checks in with a gunshot wound, and then uh, b- books it before the cops can get there. And they do some research and find out who this guy is, go to, a, go to uh, get a warrant, go to his house. They see him in the stolen vehicle. They, you know, he gets in the vehicle, they little chase, uh, ensues and they take him into custody. Um, but you know, it, it's pretty much cut and dry type carjacking. Uh, you know, you can dive into that a little more, but one thing, uh, if, if in, in the show notes, uh, we put all the links to these stories and you can go there and check them out. This particular story, there's a, there's a video uh, that goes along with it. And they talked about how, uh, the carjackings, um, are so are you know the percentage of carjackings or number of carjackings are increasing so high and the ages um they there was a, a series of carjackings that these of these hellcats and they arrested an 11 year old a 14 and a 16 year old that were part of the series of carjackings and we we said it many times on on the podcast about carjackings and how they're the age of these these uh, you know, suspects are getting younger and younger and it's because, you know, they're, they're lighter sentences. Uh, there, there's not really that much, that big of a punishment that's going to come from this. And, you know, so they're stealing these high value cars for, you know, older people that are parting these things out or selling them and, and doing stuff like that. So, um, it's unfortunate, but, um, so you, it, it's sad that you, you have 11 year old. I mean, I have a nine, I have, well, she's 10. She just turned 10. I have a 10 year old daughter. I can't even imagine my daughter, you know, uh, committing armed carjackings and these kids, yep. it just shows the, the, the yep. total breakdown of our, our, uh, family units and structure here. Oh, absolutely. Well, we you know what happens for a lot of these, uh, uh, troubled, you know, youth, uh, coming up a lot of times in very disadvantaged, uh, circumstances, uh, is, you know, these, uh, whether they're uh, a large organized gang or just more of a localized uh, group of individuals, uh, you know, that, that that becomes their family because they don't have maybe a lot of family support at home. Uh, and they are, they are brought in, they're indoctrinated, they're, they're put to work. They, they're told they got to, you know, uh, 
prove themselves and here's how you're going to do it. And Hey, just come along with us on this. Uh, you know, this, we're going to go do a thing and just come along, you know, get them started. Uh, you know, to get the younger you get them, the earlier you get them started, the, uh, and the, you know, the better as far as how the, you know, the criminal enterprise views it. Um, but uh, yeah, I view it much the same way. just looking at, I got an 11 year old daughter myself. I've got a 13 year old daughter. I got a 16 year old son. It's hard for me to envision any of them <laughs> being capable of, uh, violence, but yet, uh, just in recent, uh, a month, you know, I think it was uh, on Halloween, um, early morning, uh, just a couple months ago here, not too far from me, uh, you know, probably 10, 15 minutes away, there was a, a terrible incident of arson that occurred in an apartment building. A fire was set uh, and it was started, I think there was like a 13-year-old boy and a 15-year-old boy. Both had run away from home. You know, so that tells you, I mean, not, not, I mean, there's, there's runaways from all kinds of households, but it sounded to me like they didn't come from a very good, uh, good place, uh, as far as uh, family structure is concerned, ran away from home. They had broken into an abandoned or an empty apartment, a vacant apartment, uh, upon being discovered by, uh, 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 management of that apartment, they were kicked out and in their anger of being kicked out from squatting in this apartment, they returned, uh, at a later time and started that place on fire. And in the course of that killed a mother and her daughter, uh, you know, as, as a result, uh, you know, they, they died in the fire, um, uh, and many, a number of other people could have died, you know, it's just, yeah, it's mind boggling what, uh, what we see from, uh, some of our youth today. Uh, but really good thing to, you know, just put in perspective that you know, this is, this is where, uh, a lot of the work needs to be done is in strengthening our communities and that starts with strengthening families uh, and doing so strengthens our youth. You know, if they have a, a, a solid foundation at home, but uh, probably, probably preaching to the choir, I'm sure to a large extent, but it is a good reminder. I think to us all that we want to be as good of parents uh, or role models, even if we don't have, children immediately to us, you know, you know, maybe your children are grown and gone. Um, well, in that case, you play the role of a grandparent to, to children, or maybe you've not had children and yet you can still be a role model, um, to children, to juveniles, to youth. Um, anyway, super important stuff. We want to have a viable community. Let's go now to another story here. Um, this one also on foxnews.com. I remember seeing this one come up in my uh, social media feed uh, uh, a week or two ago. Pretty traumatic incident. This happened at a, an Amazon facility in Arizona. The title here, Armed Amazon Employee Stops Shooter Who Opened Fire at Arizona Facility. He's being hailed as a good Samaritan by police. Now, to be clear, this happened at an Amazon facility, and I'm fairly certain in fact, I'm like 99.99% certain that Amazon has a policy uh, preventing their employees from carrying guns on the premises. This just goes to show how uh, how flawed such policies, I think, are. I, you know, and I understand large corporations wanting to have policies uh, with respect to their you know many thousands of employees, like Amazon's got thousands upon thousands of employees. But uh, I mean, this may have been a a different outcome for these folks at this Amazon facility had one of their own not been armed. So this happened uh, around December 
16th or 17th in uh, in Arizona. What happened in Chandler, Arizona, specifically, a 29-year-old suspect pulled into the employee parking lot of this Amazon facility and opened fire after he jumped out of his car. Uh, apparently, this individual had jealousy issues regarding his girlfriend who worked there, but she was not actually present at the time. This individual went to confront an unknown male worker at the facility whom he only knew by first name. Sounds like there may have been whether there was this girlfriend was cheating on him or whether he thought she was cheating on him or this unknown male worker was simply showing her some attention that uh, came to the, uh, uh, you know, to this man, to this, to her boyfriend's knowledge here, he decided to do something about it. Went to this Amazon facility, trying to locate this uh, individual. He was stopped by a worker uh, who, as he was trying to enter the facility, an argument ensued between him and this Amazon employee. This is not the Amazon employee, by the way, that was carrying a gun. But the arg- due to the argument between uh, the suspect here and this uh, employee that was trying to prevent him from entering the facility, the uh, suspect shot that employee multiple times. Okay, So the first thing I picked up on Matthew was... This is a great reminder that you don't always know the intents and purposes of an individual. Uh, you don't know how far they're willing to go. You don't know what they're dealing with. And uh, you don't know if they're armed or not. Okay. So it's just a good reminder of, you know, if, if you're if you getting, an, and I know this, this employee, is, I mean, they may have very well been just a person that, uh, you know, it doesn't say that they're security, but it may have been somebody that just simply mans that that entrance, you know, to make sure that only authorized people can come in or whatever, who knows? I don't know. But the fact that you are dealing with an individual that wants to gain entry and, and anytime you're dealing with some kind of conflict with an unknown person, uh, just, you gotta, you gotta keep your distance. Uh, and you gotta, you know, do your best to read what their intents are. Um, and, uh, you know, do everything you can to deescalate, obviously, um, this obviously got to a point where this man decided he'd had enough and pulled out his gun and shot this employee multiple times. Now, the armed Amazon worker saw what was happening, and they were apparently relatively nearby. That worker pulled out his gun and fired at the suspect, wounding him. Comes to find out uh, that caused the suspect to flee. Uh, he was later found dead in the parking lot when police arrived, and they concluded that he died from both the gunshot wound from the armed employee and a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, so he decided apparently enough's enough, and I'm gonna I'm gonna finish myself off here. Uh, the fortunately the Amazon employee that was shot, they say it, 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 I saw one report where they were in critical condition with life-threatening injuries. But uh, the latest uh, report here, at least according to Fox News, is that they were recovering and will survive. So that's good news on that front. Bravo to this Amazon employee that took action. And probably in the face of going against their employer's policy, and this may very well cost them their job, that certainly wouldn't you know, be unheard of, but bravo to them for choosing self-protection and self-defense first, including uh, of others, uh, of, their, of their coworkers. Um, I'm just thrilled with how this turned out because it likely could have been way worse. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've never worked at Amazon, but uh, I, from what I understand, the, there is pretty decent security as far as like uh, the, the 
the yeah. property and parking areas and stuff. And I would agree. Uh, I, I, I almost positive that they don't allow their workers to carry firearms. Um, and it doesn't seem like they provide an armed security. Now, clearly we've had school shootings where there are school resource officers that are armed on, <laughs> on site or on campus. And that didn't, you know, didn't, uh, work out well. So I'm not saying an armed security guard is the answer. I'm just saying if, you know, if you're a business and you're not going to allow your employees to carry, um, you know, armed security would, would, uh, you know, be a logical thing. Um, and even if you do allow, right. But, um, I understand, you know, money is tight and businesses and things like that. Amazon, I'm sure they, they could afford that. Um, but I, you know, this brings up a, a point where, you know, I, I've even, I, I just wrote an article recently about, you know, kind of mentioning about, um, in the article, obviously, as I'm writing, I don't advise people to violate law. You know what I mean? Like if, if the, if, if you're going to the mall and the, and there's a mall policy against carrying a firearm at the mall, I'm not going to write an article that says, uh, you know, disregard law and carry, you know, that's, that's not appropriate for me to do. Um, but what I've always said is that you, if you understand the law, whether it holds, you know, it might hold the the weight of criminal law, it might be a civil thing, it might not be anything. It might just be, you know, hey, you, you might lose your job if you you violate, you know, your work policy or whatever. Um, if you you understand that, whether it be a criminal law, civil law, or, or policy, and you're willing to take the consequences of being caught or having to use a firearm or, or whatever it is then that's what you, you know, I, that's not for me to make that decision for you. And yeah. so um, this person is likely going to lose their job. I would almost guarantee that they would. Um, but they made that, they certainly made that decision in, in the long run. It, it seems like it was probably the best decision, right? It was a good decision, yeah. um, but they're willing to, to live with that. And, and I think that we all have to do that. And so, um, you know, if you've read one of my articles or something like that, and like, you know, he's, he's saying that we shouldn't carry in a mall because there's a policy. No, I, I'm just saying you have to make the decision. Uh, you have to be aware of the policy and the law and what it holds and in the consequences. And then that's on you, you know, that's, that's on you, yeah. uh, what you do. 100%. Uh, yeah, and I appreciate everything you just touched on there. The, you know, there's a lot of nuance here involved, a uh, personal nuance. I mean, everything is uh, unique to each individual. Uh, we we are all in different places. We all have different circumstances, and I certainly do. I don't want to make it sound like I take lightly the fact that someone may choose to carry a weapon in violation of their company policy, which could lead to them being terminated and that can have some serious repercussions for people sure. in certain careers that may make you persona non grata as far as like you you're going to have a hard time finding a job anywhere else in the industry because you work in a certain career in a certain field maybe it's a maybe it's a fairly small field uh specialized field and like that can this can have huge huge rec repercussions for an individual, just losing a job is hugely upsetting uh, to to a person, to their family, to their to their uh, livelihood. Uh, so these these have great uh, potential for uh, you know repercussions 
uh, and consequences that, that could come as a result of you choosing to certainly abide by your Second Amendment given right, but it may come at the cost of, of some pretty serious uh, consequences to your life, uh, fi- mostly financially and so on and so forth. But, uh, but I would hope that the individual, you know, that did this, that is the Good Samaritan in this case, uh, that likely loses their job, presumably, uh, maybe they struggle. I mean, this is right before the holidays too. Like what a time to lose, you know, to potentially lose your job. And, and, you know, maybe you're struggling already to provide for your family, provide for your kids, have, you know, good Christmas holiday, whatever it is. Uh, maybe it puts you at risk. Maybe you're expecting a bonus and now you're not getting that bonus. Like that, all these things could be hugely, uh, financially, uh, troubling for you, but hopefully that person can feel good inside. I mean, if I got fired from a job, but I got fired knowing that I saved somebody's life or maybe multiple people's lives, because you don't know how far that was going to go, man, I, 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 I'd sure, sure, I'd, I would feel like I did the right thing. And if that m- meant that I needed to make a career change and that it caused some other problems for me uh, financially or career-wise, Man, but still, hey, I saved a life or I saved multiple lives. So lots of things to consider here. Um, and it's easy, like words are cheap. It's easy to just be like, yeah, you know, like I, I would do this. Like this is the right thing to do. Um, but when you're the person that's in that situation, like I have a friend that got fired from a job because they got they were discovered um, carrying, you know, in violation of company policy. And uh, it, it was months and months and months before they, you know, because of the nature of uh, their job, their field, their career, uh, before they could, you know, get another job. Uh, and that, that led to months of, you know, difficult times for them financially. And so it's, anyway, just things to consider and be careful with your words because words are in fact cheap and you don't always know where other people are at. And you can't make this like, it's not fair to judge other people. Oh, you, you know, you're, you're abiding by that stupid company policy. Well, that's, that's that person's right and prerogative because we all have to weigh our own uh, risks and, uh, you know, and, and compare those to what the potential, uh, you know, I guess plus sides are or benefits are based on the, 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 the cons. So, Anyway, uh, next story here is from villages-news.com. This is a sounds like a local, more of a local or regional news uh, organization in Florida. A lake or Lady Lake is the name of the community here, and this is in Lake County, Florida. Matthew, tell us what happened here. Apparently, an intruder fatally shot by a Lady Lake home, homeowner. Yeah, this is pretty much a, a cut and dry. Um, you know, home invasion, defensive gun use. So uh, around 5.30 p.m., uh, this man breaks in uh, to a home. It says he forcibly, forcefully entered the home through a window. A uh, homeowner confronts him and shoots him. Um, and the the home invader, the suspect here, is pronounced dead at the scene. Doesn't say what kind of gun, how many times um, he was shot or anything like that, just that he died on scene. And I think, you know, there's not, we don't really, this is, that's the extent of the, of the uh, information we have. But I just wanted to kind of put this story in, as in, in, in contrast to the first one where we talked about the person shooting through the window at a suspected burglar or suspected home invader. And, you know, not to rehash that, but, 
you know, we're not saying that you have to wait till the dirt bag climbs into your home um, before, you know, you, you perceive this person as a, a threat or trying to forcibly forcefully enter. Um, but, you know, in this case, you know, they were, I, and we don't know, you know, the, the proximity and the, the layout of the home or anything, but um, apparently in this case, you know, the, the homeowner had the ability to, you know, position themselves. So this person actually made entry into the, into the uh, apartment and was still able to engage this person and stop them before they were able to harm them. Now, I'm, I'm not, you know, again, I'm not, every situation is independent and, and we don't know much about this, but um, I just, it, it is in contrast to the first story and um, had, you know, I don't want to rehash that, but uh, yeah. the person did a good job in this one. And I really appreciate you. Like, that's why I think is it's good to present, you know, such things. And I, I appreciate the way you've, you've presented this as far as a, a, as a contrast to, uh, you know, this, this is kind of, this is how it's done, you know, kind of, so to speak. Uh, now again, we're talking Florida versus Texas and, and self-defense law are certainly, is certainly different between those two states, but, uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad that this individual, this, uh, person was able to successfully defend themselves in their home. Mm-hmm. Didn't mention that this individual had, uh, Previously, the suspect had previously been involved in a violent kind of confrontation at some other nearby apartments where he punched a, a man who was with his girlfriend, inflicting a bloody nose and a swollen eye. He was, uh, this man was charged, the suspect was charged in that incident, uh, captured by police. Um, just goes to show, like, and this is one of the reasons why I, I try to keep my, my ear to the ground in my local community as far as, like, you know, what's going on. I, I, I don't participate a lot by like sharing and posting on our local community, social media, especially like next door, the social media app. Uh, but I, I, I regularly check in there just to, Hey, what's going on? Oh, Hey, we just had, uh, you know, somebody's car got broken into or this or that, you know, and just kind of trying to keep the ear to the ground and, and get a sense, a read of, of what's going on in the community, because it's not unusual that, you know, like we see here in this case that, a violent offender came back, you know, to do something else. Like it, it at least puts you on the, uh, you know, not that we shouldn't, not that we should let our guard down anytime, but the fact of the matter is, is like, we can't be at, you know, Cooper's code red all the time, you know, <laughs> or even orange all the time. Like you'll live your life so paranoid being like that, but it's, it, it's certainly appropriate based on real world evidence that, Hey, maybe I should elevate, you know, my my personal preparedness and and, and uh, you know, situational awareness and things like that because some, you know, this happened here, something happened there. And I was just noticing uh, on the news this morning, Matthew, that in a pretty decent neighborhood, like a, I wouldn't say upscale, but but certainly like upper middle class neighborhood in the Denver area here just uh, yesterday a man had his car or his truck stolen uh you know we recently had gotten some snow uh, not a ton with this latest storm uh, last week we got you know one where we had a pretty good snowfall but you know we got a couple inches a couple days ago and this man was outside actively snow blowing and he moved his pickup truck so he could you know work around things and he started it up moved it he's like feet away 
and a brazen criminal jumps in the truck all in a space of about 10 seconds jumps in his truck takes off man could do nothing about it you know man i mean he's right there and 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 just like that's how fast things can happen and that wasn't necessarily in my neighborhood but it was i just took note of that like man like that that's how uh it just it just kind of helps you it puts you in check of like, hey, that could be my neighborhood. And if that was my neighborhood, by by golly, you know, I got somebody in my relatively nice neighborhood um, that was clearly out and about looking for an opportunity and in, in this instance, found one, you know. So anyway, let's go down to Michigan on MLive.com, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, we have a tow truck driver. Uh, by the way, this happened on December 27th, or actually, I think on the 26th. Yeah, on the 26th of December, 9.35 a.m. So this is in the morning. Now, get this. This wasn't what you expect. This was actually a setup uh, meeting that was taking place between the tow truck driver who had set up a meeting with the suspect to buy a car for parts. Right, that's a pretty typical thing. I mean, tow truck drivers that make their money a variety of ways, and 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 certainly I'm familiar with companies that advertise, hey, you know, you got a junk car, uh, you know, we'll take it, we'll pay you 500 bucks for it or whatever, right? You know, at least you get something for it, and then the tow truck driver is going to take that car and uh, and and turn it into parts or whatever, you know. So like that's just he's just doing his making his living, right? So uh, this is the day after Christmas. Tow truck driver sets up a meeting to buy a car for parts from the suspect, and the suspect ambushes him. The driver of the tow truck, who is a concealed pistol licensee, pulled out a gun and fatally shot the suspect. So pretty, like you, this last story you just shared, pretty cut and dry, pretty straightforward. Don't have a lot of details. But big lesson here is these, you know, online uh, sales, you know, kind of meetups, that, that, you know, Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, or I, I can just about guarantee you that either Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist was involved in uh, the, the setting up of this meeting. Uh, I, I, I certainly am known for wanting to find good deals on things and, and meeting people up for uh, things. And I kind of have, I'll just share a couple of my thoughts, Matthew. I, I, we're, I know we're getting short on time and I, I don't want to talk too much, but like recently, I, I bought a set of pretty nice uh, tires for uh, for a vehicle, and I kind of go through uh, a checklist of sorts. I don't like have it written out, but like I just there's certain things that I that I do, and I think I found this one on Facebook Marketplace. And a couple things I look for. Uh, first of all, when you're on Facebook Marketplace, that's that that listing's associated with a profile. So by golly, I I Facebook profile Snoop. It's like, who is this person? And sometimes there's some of those profiles you, you're like, I have no idea. This could be a fake profile for all you know. I'm concerned uh, for all I can tell. Um, but this person seemed like that there was a bit of a legitimate history there, right? So I'm checking that out, right? The other thing I'm looking for is can they write in proper English? Not that they have to be perfect, but it's it's pretty telling sometimes when you're trying to communicate with somebody and it might be a potential scam or something and they're not using complete sentences or their phrasing is weird or grammar is way off and you know using strange words that normal everyday people don't really use, like that kind of stuff. So that's another thing I look for. Um Third thing is, okay, we, we've started negotiating a deal or whatever, and we're going to set up a meeting time, a meeting place. Like, where's that going to be? Well, 
this person said, Hey, just come by my house. I'm like, dang, man, I, <laughs> it's pretty rare. I, I allow people just to come to my house if I'm going to sell something online. And, and so that also is like a, well, this is probably not, I mean, it, there's nothing's a guarantee, but this is probably not someone that's, you know, going to try to commit a crime against me because they're sending me to their house, <laughs> you know, like that's not very typical. Um, and so I start kind of putting together, I, I, I basically build a profile, if you will, uh, men, you know, a lot of this is mentally, but I think that's important. Like as you, if you are into the online marketplace sort of thing, and I know not everybody is, and some people would say that's stupid. Like, why would you put yourself at you know risk? But man, I, I like, I like getting good deals. Um, you know, I got a nice set of hardly used tires for my wife's car for like 200 bucks. That would have been 600 bucks or 800 bucks if I just, you know, went and bought them new. So you got to weigh your risks, right? And do your own little personal risk assessment and building a profile of who's this person I'm dealing with. That's a part of that. And, and cause there's definitely been times like I, I messaged somebody the other day about something I saw on, online, something I'm looking for. It's kind of hard to find. Um, and so I'm just trying to f- explore all the different avenues to, to find, find this item and send a message off to somebody. And based on the response that came back, I'm like, mm, I'm not, I'm not continuing my interaction with that. Cause that, that sounds fishy. And so, uh, yeah, just a couple little things to little, few little tips, suggestions, and things to consider if you're into that. But anyway, I'm, I'm glad that this uh, truck driver was able to defend himself and, uh, you know, yeah, it's too bad I had to get that far in the first place though. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Good points, man. Why don't you uh, tell us about this final story? Cause this is quite a doozy. Uh, and I, I'm frankly kind of glad we saved this one for last, but this happened in Tucson, Arizona at a bar called famous Sam's. And the, the article is on KVOA.com, uh, which is, looks like a, a channel for uh, uh, NBC news or is that ABC news, NBC news affiliate Tucson bar owner says shooting was self-defense against an armed man. Yeah. So uh, this is like you said, famous Sam's fun food and spirits. Um, so this starts off at, at inside the, the bar with, uh, some dude who is at the bar and starts from what the report says, uh, starts saying kind of racist, uh, you know, saying racist stuff, um, make some statement like, or th- they, they're going to throw, they throw him out of the bar, tell him to leave. He says something about getting a bomb and coming back and blowing up the place or something like that. He's just making threats. And which, I mean, if you've been in the bar business or been around the bar scene, you know, that's not un unheard of, right? Like people say, get drunk, say all kinds of stupid stuff. However, um, an hour or so later, just after 6 p.m., this on a Sunday, the man returns with a rifle and he comes into the bar and fires off around into the ceiling. Um, So what ends up happening is two uh, people inside the bar actually are carrying firearms. one of the guys points a, a gun at uh, at this guy, um, tells him to drop the fire, uh, drop the rifle several times. He doesn't, um, and according to this uh, news report, that the guy with the rifle uh, kind of lowers the the gun, I guess, towards the guy, uh, the Good Samaritan or the customer with the firearm, and that's when the firearm or, or the customer shoots him, um, apparently three times. 
Uh, he's critically injured, taken the hospital, and we don't know his, you know, uh, his condition. We don't know anything about him uh, other than that he was taken to the hospital in critical uh, condition. And so, um, I, I mean, this is this is one of those uh, stories that you know it didn't really get a lot of, you know, I, I mean, I didn't see the shared. This happened December eighteenth, I guess. Um, stories December 19th, so not too long ago, but certainly, you know, not a big news story, but certainly um, could have been much different had, you know, these these patrons not been not been armed. Um, and this dude has a rifle could have easily turned into, you know, active shooter or, um, you know, a, a mass shooting type incident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see the comment here from Deep South EDC on YouTube saying citizens are not police. They do not have to give orders when under imminent threat. Uh, I would even say, and obviously it's going to be dependent on uh, the city or the state uh, or jurisdiction and or department policy. But even in many circumstances, police don't even have to give uh, command when they are under imminent deadly threat as well. Although they often do and are often trained to do so. And some departments do require that by policy. But uh, you're absolutely correct, Deep South EDC. Like we have a situation where a customer stepped in with a gun and did issue commands, uh, which you know he didn't have to do that, and nobody, you know, typically citizens, uh, not that I'm aware of, citizens don't have to do that, but he chose to do so. He gave this man an opportunity to drop wep- his weapon, and he did not. And then the customer still, you know, was able to to shoot him and put an end to the threat here. So, um, kudos to him for being able to do that. And Chuck here on Facebook, don't go to stupid places at stupid times with stupid people to do stupid things. Avoid the stupid. <laughs> According to Chuck, bars and clubs are stupid places, in my opinion. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily in disagreement there, uh, Chuck. Uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily frequent the bar scene or the club scene very uh, hardly, really ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've been to a couple of nice bars, you know, for a nice bite to eat. I'm not a, I'm not a drinker. Uh, but certainly have enjoyed some delicious meals, including at one that I went back to, we went to three times. I was with some, some buddies at the uh, production national championship, USPSA national championship back in no- November, October, October. And there was not a lot of really good eating options close to where our Airbnb was at, but there was this one little kind of hole in the wall. It, w- it wasn't like a dirty type, you know, like, I'm not talking like that hole in the wall bar, but it, it was, it was a pretty nice looking place. Um, live band, but excellent food. Like we went to this, we went there one night, the next night we tried this other restaurant that was in the area and that place wasn't great. So then we were just like, let's just go back to that bar. Cause it was really good. Um, but it wasn't that kind of environment. It was, it wasn't one of those bars, if you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, it's really good advice. You know, obviously, I mean, we always have to weigh our own personal risks and uh, decide what's most important to us. I was actually having a conversation with a friend yesterday talking about, um, you know, we were talking about the, the idea of, you know, why, why would you go to uh, a certain place in town, you know, to get, you know, food or for, let's just say we actually, the topic of restaurants came up and I was saying, you know, I jokingly commented how like sometimes some of the best food are in you know, the ghetto and, uh, like, you know, that's a, that's a decision you got to make. Like, is it worth going there for that amazing food? Uh, that's a decision we all have to make. I will say that 
there was one time I, I actually there's probably been more than once, but there was definitely one time that I probably pushed a, a little bit too far because I didn't fully understand uh, what I was getting myself into, but I definitely went into the ghetto uh, to a really delicious, tasty, tasty restaurant. Uh, food was phenomenal. Uh, but I knew as I was kind of pulling into this place, I was like, Oh wait, uh, maybe I've gone too far this time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but you know, uh, it all was well. And, and that told, you know, I was like, well, I have a choice. I could just leave or I just go in and get this amazing food. And I, I went and got, got my meal and uh, I'd store, I stuck out like a sore thumb, but I was treated like a king and fed just amazingly well. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I upped the, <laughs> the level of awareness considerably and just paid close attention to the things and, uh, and got out of there without any, any issue. I'm not saying that's the right, right approach, but, uh, just saying that Chuck, you're not wrong, but also sometimes people maybe don't get to choose their circumstances or sometimes people choose to do things anyway like go to a club or go to a bar because <laughs> yeah. they want to live their life a certain way. So when we do yeah. that though, we got to be smart. And not just smart. We, I mean, we also, you alluded to this earlier, you have to know if you're going to a, a place that serves alcohol, the state law about yep. carrying a firearm in there. And some of it is, you know, some, it might be, you can't carry it all. Some, you know, states might allow you to carry, you just can't consume. So make sure you know, like what the law is in your state. And um, so you don't, you know, you don't end up getting jammed up and, and that type of thing. Clearly, you know, in this case, um, I, I doubt that they would be, you know, prosecuted if, if, you know, but certainly could happen. Um, but, uh, and one other thing I did want to update, I, I fact checked myself. There was only one armed, uh, customer at the bar. I, I, I believe I said two. So I fact checked myself. He, yeah. and, he, and, he was stopped. Was just, yeah. He was stopped by two customers and, and, and yeah, they, they both tried to intervene, but one of them was the armed one. Yeah. 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 Good, good point. Um, yeah. So this was the story that I referenced at the beginning of the episode about how I looked up on the concealed carry gun tools app, uh, in Arizona, Arizona law summaries. Those of you that are viewing us live, you can, or if you're watching the video after the fact, you can you can see right there. Just pulled up Arizona law summaries, and right here, only permittees may carry if the establishment doesn't post a restriction, and these restrictions have the force of law. Uh, the owner of the bar actually did say uh, in this article that he doesn't encourage people to bring guns in this business, but he didn't say he restricts it. Uh, so I took it that to mean that he doesn't encourage it, but he doesn't post anything that says you can't um and he was absolutely thankful that this person you know that this man was able to put a stop to what could have been a very terrible violent uh encounter here uh so yeah uh concealed carry gun tools app boom right there you know uh and i I referenced this actually pretty considerably that's actually one of the number one things i use this app for is when i'm on the road traveling like last year i was in all kinds of states across the country and it's like, okay, I'm going into, well, for instance, Alabama, right? Uh, that's where I was referencing just a minute ago, this really delicious food at, at, a, at a local uh, kind of, it was really like a pub, you know? Uh, but, uh, you know, pull up on Alabama law summaries under our app here, restaurants serving alcohol, no specific restriction. All right, cool. You know, so guess what? Am I carrying there? Absolutely. You know, 
So I know that Texas is one you got to watch for. Um, I think it's actually Texas that expressly uh, prohibits. It says you may not carry into a premise that has a liquor license and derives 51% or more of its income from the sale or service of alcoholic beverages for on-premises consumption. And the other thing you got to watch for in Texas is they have their 30-06 and 30-07 signs, uh, which are, you know, if you see the one sign, I think the 30-06 is, you see that sign posted and it's got to be posted a certain way and a certain font, certain size, blah, blah, blah. And you see, you know, statute 30.06, uh, you by law, it has the force of law. Uh, you can't carry concealed in, or can't carry a weapon into that premises. A 30.7 sign, you can, it says, it, that's basically the, you know, the owner saying, hey, we don't want your guns here, but it, we're not going to really enforce it kind of thing. Um Anyway, those are just a couple examples. Uh, you want you can look up all kinds of things. That's just an example of one of the things I use our app for on a regular basis when I'm on the road traveling. I want to make sure uh, that I at least know what the laws are. I can make the decision. I'm not saying I disobey or disregard laws, uh, but you know I can make the decision uh, knowingly. You know, like this is the law, what the law says, or this is what the policy or procedure or whatever that is, and now I make the decision about how I'm going to live my life in accordance, uh, you know, with, with that in mind. So anyway, good stories here today, Matthew. Appreciate you for, uh, doing this with me and you, folks, you may not know, but Matthew primarily leads the charge behind the scenes. I'm putting together, uh, these podcast episodes mm-hmm. and putting together these news stories so that we've got some good stuff. Uh, so, uh, anyway, yeah. I, I thought we had a lot of good things to cover today and discuss and hopefully sure. some things that people could uh, take from this and learn. So yeah. Thanks, thanks buddy. Man. Yeah. Thank you. And one more uh, shout out to our sponsors of today's episode, ccwsafe.com. We do encourage you to check them out and consider giving them your business. If you're looking for some kind of self to cover self-defense coverage program, I'll tell you, it, it, it can make a big difference. If you end up in a situation, you had to use deadly force, uh, you know you've got a number you can call, and these guys will help you out. And also, our Concealed Carry Gun Tools app, which I mentioned earlier, you can search in the in your respective app stores, Concealed Carry or Concealed Carry Gun Tools, and almost certainly in the top three results, if not the first one, you'll find our app completely free, ad-free, excellent Concealed Carry and Gun Carriers resource tons of resources built into the app and uh another way you can find it though is by going directly to concealedcarry.com forward slash mobile app that that should actually automatically open that that should uh, that should read your device and say this is an android or this is an iphone and send you to the appropriate store so concealedcarry.com forward slash mobile app so with that we're going to wrap this up let you all go thanks for supporting the podcast. We hope that you share it with your friends, family, coworkers, other people you care about folks you meet at the gun range. If you want to be a little bit smarter and a little bit more responsible as a gun carrier and a concealed carrier, we hope you consider or continue to listen to the podcast. Thanks so much. A reminder to train, right, train often and train safe. So you can fight hard, fight fast and fight true.
reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.